Open your boxes. Open your boxes. One, two, three. Yo, it's Hatches number 99. This is the voice of reason. Reason. I'm baby Oprah. Voice of reason. Don't be nervous, guys. <laughs> What's up, y'all? Of course, it's your girl, Baby Oprah. And I have two of my great friends here. Like I told you guys last time, season two is going to be filled with a bunch of special guests. But most of these special guests are going to be friends of mine. Because although I was on my hiatus, I was still baby Oprahing. What we call it that. Um, a lot of my friendships and a lot of my group chats are really where I pull some of my ideas and topics off from my podcast. So I'm like, you know, how about I invite them on and have these conversations outside of a group chat and live on air with you guys. So I have my great friends, Citan and St. Christian. You guys know Citan. She's actually my cousin, and she was my my co-host a lot of the times last season. And Saint, you did do an episode with me, right? Episode. You did one episode, but Saint is from Philly, so hi. Philly slash Camden. So say hi, y'all. Hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> now, the reason why I have these two on this episode with me is because we're going to discuss following your dreams, working on a business, turning your dreams into goals, all of that good stuff. And when it comes to me really pursuing my passion, these two are one of the, well, two of the people who actually helped push me and get me to like that point where I'm motivated again to kind of get back to podcasting and just getting back into my passion and just getting more in tune with myself. Yes. New, year, new year, new year. Yeah, being new, they've been on me, like literally saying always like, okay, so when are you going to start the podcast back up? And I'm always like, procrastinating like any other creative and it doesn't have to be just in the arts when you're like just trying to pursue your passion like people don't understand is hard being first of all dealing with real life you know I had a whole baby they and you know everyone's dealing with life in different ways and being able to keep your momentum up and be motivated while dealing with life is honestly the hardest thing to do in addition to being surrounded by maybe family members or loved ones who may not understand the bigger picture. Would you say is that? I would say that, yeah. Understanding the bigger picture. Sometimes we might confuse that with hating or they're not really down for you or people not believing in you. But honestly, it's so difficult having a vision when everyone doesn't have that skill to look beyond today. It's really a skill. Would you say it's like a skill to actually sit in today and have a vision and be like, okay, I, I might, nothing in my current surroundings look like what I see, but I see it clear and I'm going to follow this path. And you can't necessarily persuade, you know, your family members or your loved ones around you to see it if they don't see it. You can't knock them for not it's seeing not it. Vision. It's your vision. Yeah. But staying motivated while everyone around you don't see your vision is difficult. It is. So I think that's what we want to touch on today because we came across a video. What was it Milan? Milan. A live where we just talked about like you know black people supporting each other more, as far as you know, just not just black businesses, but just supporting your loved ones, and just pushing each other and understanding each other. And we, as being 
no, not just creatives, but people are just following their passion, had to come to the harsh reality that your loved ones may not just, they may not understand. And not even just your loved ones, but with when it comes to black people supporting one another, for example, with the whole Gucci thing, after the whole goof, Gucci, you know, turning, doing the black face, making the little turtleneck, was it a mask or a turtleneck? It was a turtleneck. turtleneck yeah. yeah, I've noticed that there's been like an uproar in the black community and everyone's just like, you know what, we need to stop giving our money to all these, you know, white designers and other ethnic groups and we need to just start supporting black business but we can't start supporting black business until we really dissect the black mentality when it comes to supporting one another and just pushing one another to get to step two so how would you guys say that affected you guys with your in your journey on trying to like you know follow your dreams and pursue your passion See, Tom, okay, you do makeup, right? Mm-hmm. And you're trying to pursue the, the makeup industry. What difficulties have you faced with just others when it comes to you wanting to pursue that? I mean, social media itself, that whole platform is just like constantly being on it. You're going to compare and contrast yourself. You're just going to, well, I'm not, okay, let me, okay, maybe I'm not here yet, so... So why do, why are we comparing and contrasting ourselves to people on social media? Why do you think it's like a? I think it's uh, I think it's natural, but it, it's this comp- underlying competitive spirit when yes. it comes in when we're in in the black community. I can't speak for other communities, but in the black community, it's a competitive spirit because people really feel like, oh, only one person can do it. Like you know what I'm saying? It's like I I think black people just with our history have been trained to think that only one can make it. Think about it. Whenever like you get we get the first black president. You get the the first look at the whole Nikki and Cardi situation where it's like, yo, okay, Nikki was the top female rapper. Both of them can't be at the top. So one we got to knock one of them down in order for someone to be up. So, but I think that's just a, a black mentality across the board. Well, when we, you look at it in other cultures, like there's plenty of Chinese stores down the street. You can yeah. go to each one. It's still selling out. People, we're still going to their Chinese stores. This there's is facts. Coffee stores. And there's a ton of those around. Why? And they that? still open. That's what I'm saying. It's really a mentality. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't say it was. It started within us, but it's been embedded in us to think that only one. That only I don't know what other way to describe money it. Out there for every exactly, but we, we got to get out of the mentality. The money is out there, and the the ability, the the lane is out there for everybody. But it starts with the mentality. Honestly, what they call it, the um, the Willie Lynch, like black people, our biggest downfall is our mentality. It's not really what is going on around us. It starts with how we think, and the mentality that yo, it can only be one. When you go on social media and you see somebody else doing it you instantly get discouraged but you'll see a whole bunch of maybe white people doing or asian people doing hispanic people doing it and then you're like okay well you don't feel that feeling of okay competition or you know discouraged because you see them doing it but instantly you get discouraged or competitive when you see someone who looks like you but that should be like a a stepping stool that should be like okay i see you out here getting your shine on you doing what you got to do you Maybe. would think. Yeah, I can do it too. Yeah. You from the same neighborhood I'm from. If you made it out of here, I can do it too. You would think it's like that. But I, I, I Maybe, and then too, I don't know what it is, but people really like, you might think that the other person 
is going like I, I've heard people say like okay I don't want to start this business because then they're gonna think I'm trying to copy off of them because I know someone yeah, else yeah, yeah. who's doing it and they're gonna think I'm trying to bite off of them and I don't even want that smoke so I'm just not gonna do it yeah. so it, it's both ways it's kind of thinking for the other person or thinking that other people might look down on you for doing it or it may start with yourself where you see oh you feel like oh this um this lane is oversaturated I won't be able to succeed in it so I'm just not gonna go forward with it how do we stop that mentality? How do we... Confidence. Uh, Honestly, this is... I mean, I get it. The money is tight. So a lot of people are doing things for the sake of money. If you do things for the sake of money or fame or attention, you're not going to win in that lane. Because when people are passionate about what they do, they are passionate. Passion... You know you're passionate about something when you'll do it for free. Yeah. When you get high just for doing it for free. And because, you know, in social media, people see people making a good living off of makeup or people getting a, a certain amount of followers off of doing certain videos or doing a podcast, and they'll chase it for the glory of it, for the money that they see them making or the attention they see them making from it. But if it's not truly your passion, when you're passionate about something, can't nobody tell you nothing. Like, I don't care if it's three million people doing it. I get life from doing this. It's not even just about me making an income off of it. I'm doing it for fun, so I don't care. That's the only way. But because everyone has their own reason of going after a certain lane or just pursuing things, that's when you know, like, okay, you're not going to make it too far. Because when it comes, when you don't, I mean, honestly speaking, with anything you do, your results is never going to come instantly. So if you start doing it and you're not getting the results you want, and you're so quick to give up, it wasn't your passion to begin with. So that's not a lane for you to be in. Passion is one of them, but I also think you should have, like, a team around you. Like, we have, like, the group chat. Mm-hmm. So the group chats allow us to be, like, motivated with one another and to bounce ideas off one another. Just have like-minded people around you. Yes. So you'll know that, like, okay, you're in the right path. Or someone can teach you something that you maybe, you know, didn't know. That. No, yes, yes, yes. That is so true. I would want to say the the group chat I have with Saint, shout out to Raven, who is out there, but she's shy. <laughs> she, she doesn't she doesn't want to be on the audio. But I remember me, me Saint, and Raven, we went to college together. And once we graduated, do you remember how our group chat started? I don't even remember. I feel like Raven, like, we all somehow ended up in the group chat. I don't know how. But it, it ended up a conversation where it's like, Raven's like, you know, saying you're oh, into yeah, yeah, journalism, yeah, yeah, yeah. like you're into writing and stuff. And she's like, Heidi, I can see you, like, hosting, talking. Why don't you? we do something, yeah. like, you know, to kind of push that. And we're like, oh, Raven, since you came up with the idea, you could be the manager. So, that when I graduated college, first of all, I thought that okay, I got my degree. Sis is about to get a good job. I mean, I had dope internships, like intern for BT, intern for MTV, intern for the Wendy Williams show. So I just did everything that the the steps they told you to follow to be, to be able to get like you know a job in your field. So I thought I was set. And granted, I graduated. And I wasn't set, okay? I, I could not find a job. I didn't even know where to start. I mean, I applied to jobs and just kept getting denied. And at this point, I had bills. So I started working, like, for a heating oil company, literally making $8 an hour. And it was our group chat that kept that life in me. Because when you're in college, like, you know, you're, like, college is literally, like, it could be the best thing, but it's also, like, your biggest 
like crunch because in college you're you're just in college like, okay first of all once people hear you in college they just like oh you're set she's in college that's something you can run with then you're there you get to choose your major everything you do is surrounded by what you say you want to do so you feel like okay I'm I got, I'm in the major that I want to do I'm in an environment where everyone's chasing their dreams so you're kind of constantly motivated 24/7 but then once you get in the real world uh, life is going on in the midst of you trying to follow your dreams and it's so easy to get discouraged like it's so hard to sit there and think about okay I gotta pay my rent I gotta pay my phone bill I gotta pay this and then be sitting here daydreaming about oh I want to become you know I want to become the biggest makeup artist I want to be on the air it's not easy to do both it's not easy to be in the now and also be in your future so having that solid foundation, that group, like even with C-Town, we constantly, I, I know C-Town's like, we need to have a work day. We need to, like, it's so many times where she will, like, verbally beat me up. Like, okay, when are you going to do a podcast? Or when are you going to, you're so good at this, you need to do that. And that is honestly, you you like yes, that. that's like, I want to say 60% of me still being motivated and passionate enough to continue to follow my dreams or my passions are really focused on the real life goals. Saying, how do you feel like, uh, where are you at with, uh, or what struggles do you deal with when it comes to trying to follow, you know, just follow your passion? I mean, for me, this year, 2019, I said, well, I say this every year, kind of. Mm-hmm. Oh, new year, new me, I'm going to start doing what I got to do, whatever the case may be. And life happens, things happen, and then you say, oh, I'm going to get to this, I'm going to get to this. And then, like I said, life happens. And mm-hmm. so, this year, I really, before the year began, I sat down, actually wrote out my goals, what I want to accomplish, what I want to do, like short-term, long-term goals. And January 1st came, and I actually started, whether it was the the book club we have together, yes. <laughs> <laughs> little book club, um, just getting into like different things that I actually love and enjoy. Um, starting makeup again with you and Raven and C-Time. Um, you know, just doing things, like I said, that I love enjoy and enjoy. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it'll lead me to what I actually want to do long term. When it comes to, like, following your dreams, I would say, I mean, I know all of our stories. I feel like we're kind of, in a sense, the only ones or, like, the first ones in our families to really have the grandiose visions that we have. What is, what is, how, what are some of the struggles you deal with with being the first or the only in your family to really have these visions and not be able to kind of, you know, get them to understand yeah. it's crazy because growing up like having like a, just a regular nine to five is okay that's what your your goal that your family wants you to be oh that's i work in banking so working in banking is just like oh you you're set for you life. made it you know right I mean? like, and i'm at work nine to five is born this miserable hell. I don't be mm-hmm. doing this. this is not what i i wanted to do mm-hmm. and so it's like a, a constant struggle Trying to make them understand, okay, this is this is a steady job, this is a good job, a decent job, but this is not where I want to stay at. Right. And sometimes you telling people your goals and what you want to accomplish, what you want to travel, you want to do all these type of things, and it is like your family sometimes be like, oh, well, you're like, you're like, oh, okay, sounds nice. They don't, nice, yeah. You got these bills to pay, and I was like, okay, I know I got bills to pay. The bills are being paid, but there's more to life than just paying my bills. Right. I also want to do other things. So this is a constant struggle of. Um, I guess, I guess, doing what I have to do, yes, um, helping my family out, but also 
doing what I want to do. Yeah. My passion and my... And just on top of having your friends, you have to be your own motivation. Like, I know with me, I don't have conversations with my... I mean, they know. Like, they, they really take, like, this whole baby Oprah thing. Which, granted, started off as a joke, but just my passion to really be in the... The uh, the entertainment industry or just being inspiration like I I don't even like to put a name on what my passion is I just know my voice is a gift my wisdom is a gift and I want to be able to get paid for it just like I see other black women like me AKA Oprah and so many other women who do it so it makes me motivated enough at first it just started off as a passion I've always been that friend that family member that everyone goes to yeah. whether it be for advice or just for my opinion or I'm the one always hosting the little cousin's birthday party or being the one to bring people together and they've they've always saw the talent in me but they they never they didn't think beyond that. Yeah. So now that I went away to college and I made these friends and I saw these different perspectives and I started doing my research and I'm like, I can make money for this. I know that part they won't understand. Yeah. So yeah. I, w- what I would do is I would just try to like do me, like do the things that will make them happy, a.k.a. go to college, pay my bills, help my mom when my dad was alive, help him. Like do the things that keep them quiet, keep them happy while still trying to do the things to keep me yeah. happy. Yeah. And when I found out I was pregnant, honestly, you know, the, the my mentality is always like, I'm always like, okay, list whatever, what is the worst case scenario? And I will try to find a solution for that worst case scenario with any situation I'm faced. So when I found out I was pregnant, granted it wasn't planned, the first thing I thought is like, damn, every time I hear people talk about having kids, they always talk about sacrifice. Or they always talk about the things that they had to lose and had to stop doing for my kids. So I'm like, you know, I was working at BET, Granted, it was in the sales department, but I knew my goals was really to try, to try to get my foot in the door to get more so on the entertainment side. And I found out I was pregnant. I'm like, dang, all right, fuck it. I got to sacrifice my dream because at the end of the day, I have a kid. I got to make sure she's able to eat and be fed. So I finished my master's degree, and I prepared to have a desk secure job that was going to get me a good 401K and forget the fact that I'm going to be miserable because at this point, I have a kid coming, and I need to – and I need to tend to that. And I just felt like the way the universe worked, the way God worked, I ended up, like, getting a job in radio. Not for what I wanted to, but it worked out where I was able to get a, my foot in the door in the radio uh, industry, Sirius XM, still making a decent amount of money and still be able to push forward into my passion. What I thought was, when people say, like, having kids, they think about the fears of childhood. I feel like... My biggest fear is her adulthood, and I want her, like, following her dreams to be second nature for her. For us, it wasn't second nature. It was something that we had to, like, fight to learn, and it was so foreign to us. When I got to college and see people talk about, like, you know, for example, being around my family members, I've always been a vocal one. I've always been great at speaking, but no one ever said to me, girl, you can make money off of this. Or you can, you should try to be a host. They don't see beyond that. I got to college and people were, I came into college as a psychology major. I literally didn't know what I wanted to major in. And I thought that, oh, if I apply to college and I don't pick a major, they're not going to pick me. My GPA wasn't all that well. I had a 2.3. So I'm like, dang, I got to think of a major. I got to think of a major because I want to be able to put a major on paper so I can get accepted into a college. So I remember my theater arts teacher, he sat everyone around. He was like, okay, let's, who doesn't know what they want to major in? And I raised my hand and he made everyone in the classroom go around one by one and say what they thought I was good at. And everyone was like, she's great to talk to. She's she's she gives good advice. She's great to talk to. Like literally, I got the same thing over and over. She's great to talk to. She's good. She's um she gives good advice. And he was like, "How about you be a psychology major?" 
No lie, I knew nothing. I don't know what the hell psychology <laughs> was. I was like, bet, I'm going to go to school, be a psychologist. And I got to school. We went to a psych major, too. I was, too. <laughs> Me and Say had the cl- same classes, classes together. Okay, and no lie, it was interesting. I got passing grades, but I'm like, bruh, I really got I've always been a futuristic thinker. In order for me to kind of like be motivated by doing something, I have to see the end goal. And the fact that I was in this classroom and I'm like, bruh, I'm going to really have to be in the suit and sit and talk to one person all day long. I would kill myself. So even with me getting the grades, I was like, nah, this isn't for me. And that's when I, I remember EOF, they would have us like sometimes host or be a moderator for guest yeah, speakers yeah, yeah, that yeah. will come in. We have we'll have guest speakers come to speak to us in college and they will always pick a student to go and give like I guess a biography of kind of introduce the person. And when I went up, my advisor, he's like we 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 will be every week, right, for our like counseling session for academic. What was it? EOF academic weekly something like that. Yeah. yeah, basically you have to sit down weekly with your academic advisor and just update them on what's been going on with you in your classes. And he was like, "You need to be a communications major." Like, you can really, like, speak. When you talk, like, you really, like, intrigue people. And I'm like, I've never heard that a day in my life. And literally, that's when I changed my major. So, I mean, it's, it's not something that comes natural to us. Like, having these dreams and tying it into goals and making it, like, you know, actually seeing, creating a plan around that, that's but not natural. people around you all your life were telling you, well, Kadi got a big mouth. Well, Kadi talks right. about Kadi. Well, who said I got a big mouth? <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> having these things around these people around you telling you um, what you have, you contribute to the world. It, it pushes, pushes you. you and for me, that's when I had my kid, that was the thing. Like, I'm so afraid at the end of the day, the biggest anxiety any parent could have is the fact that you're going to have to get older and you got to leave your kids. Naturally, you might have to, you know, you're going to pass away. Or even getting older, your kids are going to be adults and they have whatever you give them along with whatever life throws at them, they're going to have to go on to life and be their own adult. And the only gift I feel like I can give her is to follow my dreams so that can be second yeah. nature for her. I don't want her to be miserable. I, do, I don't care if a job pays her 100 k it will hurt my heart because I know how it feels. Like, yeah. I have anxiety now. The fact that I go to these jobs and they'll be telling you, like, every single job I've had, people will be like, you know, I've been here for 16 years and, uh-huh. and they're so miserable. And I've never stayed at a job for over two years. That's me. So, in over two years, if never, like, the way my anxiety is set up, I can't, like, think about it. We're in school from kindergarten all the way to, if you go to college, 20-something years old. And the way school tra- trains your mind is, like, you go hard for a season, you get a summer vacation. you And then you upgrade to something else. You go into first grade. Then yeah. you're upgrading to second grade. So, this is the mentality I have. So, when I'm ever, when I, whenever I'm, I feel like I'm at a standstill, my anxiety is on a thousand. Like, I literally... 99.9% of my stress is never about my now. It's about thinking about my future. Like, bro, what is next year going to bring? What is five years going to bring? So the fact that I, like, I don't want my daughter to experience this. I don't ever want her to feel like, and I, I always get envious of people who have parents or who have a background where they saw their family uh, their their parents or people above them follow their dreams. Like yeah. so, it's second nature to them. Like what? Oh, I quit my job yesterday because I'm I'm trying to be an artist. Like and it, it, I'm like you're not scared. You know, or even when I look into other people's story and I hear the fact that I quit my job and I slept in the car and I was willing to do that because I wanted to make it here. And I'm over there like 
I need a plan. I can't. What? I can't sleep in nobody's <laughs> car, honey. Like that's that's that's, that's yeah, just not yeah. a dream I could follow. Just seeing people do that, I do get envious because it's sometimes it's our fears that hold us back. Yeah, you gotta walk by faith to say not by sight. Okay, but sometimes the way it's, my spirit, faith my don't be too sturdy <laughs> when when you got an eviction notice on your door. All right, faith do not be so you cannot hand in faith to your uh to your landlord, but. It all comes from a mentality because you you literally speak your reality reality into existence. So if you're able to tell yourself like, this is gonna work out, yeah. that's all you need to do for things to to flow. Like for you now to kind of be able to merge in with your future. See, Tom, what's some uh, struggles you face with being the one to have a vision in your family beyond your now? It's definitely like. Is that even realistic? Like, my family's big on, okay, go to school. You either be a doctor, nurse, or a lawyer, and you've made it. Like, you're set for life. So to be like, oh, I want to have my own business. Oh, I like makeup. I'm doing makeup. It's just like... Makeup. Makeup. Is makeup going to give you money? Is it going to buy you a house? <laughs> so it's just like, damn, sis. Like, you know, this makeup artist make... It's not realistic. <laughs> so it's just like, it's that, that's why I'm just like, you know, like, um, just to kind of piggyback off of what Saint said, it, I think it's crucial for you to have a great support system. Mm -hmm. Because with all of that going around, and then like you said earlier, like, you know your vision, you see your vision, and not everybody's going to see that or, you know, have that same energy that you have for your vision. So it's just like, I don't know. You got to have tough skin. Yes, you do have you to gotta. have tough skin. And then I also feel like not only do you need a support system, but you 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 have to be your own support system yeah. as well. Mm -hmm. That's number one. Because mm -hmm. not every day, not your friends or your family is always going to have that energy to be like, you know what, let me feed into you today because you need uplifting. They yeah, yeah, they do have their own stuff to deal with. So it's just like you definitely, it's, I don't know. You definitely have to have you. Your own support system. It's, it's, it's hard. I know I've learned, I had to learn this for myself because I'm very sensitive, believe it or not, When it, especially when it comes to the things that I'm passionate about. And that's why I never have those conversations with my family because all it's going to take is one, girl, sit your ass down, or girl, focus on this, and I'm going to want to fight. Yeah. Because it really, like, you know, having a vision and being the only one that could see it, you really got to protect it sometimes. Like, it's like your first baby. Baby. And when people are quick to, you know, you got to protect your energy. If people are constantly feeding negative feedback to you or not, you know, seeing your vision, it can easily discourage you. And that's the fine line between happiness and misery for life. Like, so, I mean, I've been protective of it, but sometimes you just got to find a level of confidence to, like you said, protect your vision, protect your protect your everything. But when it comes to, let's say, supporting other people. What is, um, you know, I'll give you a backstory. I remember um, one of my younger cousins, she's like a cousin to me. We grew up together. She did um, makeup. She was starting to do makeup. And this was before, like, makeup like was really out there or whatever. So I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm going to, I saw that she was doing makeup and I needed my makeup done for something. So I hit her up. So I was like, hey, um, you know, are you free? I, I'm going to put her name. Her name is Jessica. I was like, Jessica, are you free to do my makeup such and such day? She was like, um, she was like, yeah. She was like, then she texts me a few minutes later, like, I'm so sorry, but I just want to let you know I'm gonna have to charge you twenty dollars, like, B 
because I just like gave this whole explanation. I'm like, girl, I was not expecting you to do it for free. I don't have no problem like paying you, but that it made me feel so sad because when it comes to black people really wanting people to support them, people always want stuff for free. And I felt like I, yeah, I felt like she probably had got that type of pushback from people. She was like, you like she it was almost like she was so timid to tell me like, you know, I wanna, I'm gonna have to charge you twenty dollars, and I'm like, girl. You're not nope. gonna ask the Mr. Joe down the street or whoever down the street for a discount if like this is a business. I'm exactly. Business. This is what I do. So I'm like, I don't know what it is about our culture that makes people so stiff, yeah. stingy when it comes to really supporting your own, where you expect free. Or you expect them to, you know, like, you know, you don't, you're not willing to pay them. Like, it's, you, you'll have people who, you know, do it for free when they're learning and stuff like that. But once they put a price to it, all of a sudden you don't want to go to them no more. Yeah. But you don't have no problem giving Ling Ling uh, a couple dollars to do your nails, <laughs> do your feet, or going to such and such to get your face done. So I think that's another battle we face when it comes to turning your dream into goal or something you want to accomplish especially in regards to business because everybody with you when it's free 99 but once it's really time to start it for a business how many people you get to support you and that's another discouraging factor you got to think of it like this is a black business you're supporting right continue to have the cycle going on as many black businesses your black business going on Mm -hmm. and someone supporting you so put your money in towards it I remember, Titan, you was doing, you you know, you started off with doing makeup for free when you yeah. was just learning and, and I stuff. Still do. You still do. But when it comes to charging people, how does that make you feel? Like, how, what what feelings go on with you when it comes to time to discuss pricing or just charge? In price. the beginning, it was very hard because of the sugar. I think it also, I'm, I don't know, I guess it also was in a space of how confident I was with my work and with charging and what to charge. And like, damn, I don't want any pushback from people, but I need the money to supply these yeah. things to do it. So it was just like. I mean, I get it in the beginning you want to do that. But mm-hmm. if you start getting clients and getting doing your job really well, like you know your worth. Like you know you're you're, you're, you're doing a great job. Know your worth and have that put out there for people right to know. and also putting putting people on i want to say experience i had where um when i was working at bet a lot of people don't know this first of all i just had my child and there were like rumors being around that they was gonna start laying people off so you know like i said i'm a futuristic thinker so i always try to solve a problem before the problem occurs so i just kept even though like even my manager was telling me no we good like you know we we still getting our work i don't think we getting laid off it was just rumors in the office since I was having an anxiety attack, like I was on maternity leave, constantly texting my coworkers, like, what do y'all think? One of my managers got laid off while I was on maternity leave. So I was just literally having a real life anxiety attack. Like I went to therapy and everything because it's like, okay, I thought I couldn't handle me not making ends meet. I could definitely not handle having a child and not being able to provide. So I was like, um, Having an anxiety attack, I just prayed on it, and I'm like, you know, I'm going to just go back to work and see. Ended up going to an event. Like, when I got to work, I had, like, 10,000 emails. They were having a speed mentoring event. Shout out to NAMIC. It's an organization all about getting more minorities into the um, industry, into the media industry. I went to this event and met this guy. Well, it was a lot. Of, it was a lot of executives from different entertainment industries, and I ended up sitting down with this guy from SiriusXM. When I tell you our conversation was only maybe two minutes, we sat down. 
I said hi. I kind of told him what I was interested in. And the bell rung. He gave me his card. No real in-depth conversation, nothing. But once I left, I was like, you know what? Let me go on Sirius' website and see, you know, if there's any jobs I could apply to. Applied to a position that I thought I could get. And then I emailed him that Monday, just sending him a, you know, you send thank you emails or whatever. I sent him a thank you email. But then I mentioned at the end, like, hey, I just applied for this position. Do you know any of the powers that be that you can pass my resume to? Whatever. Just send him that little spiel. And I got reached out to HR literally maybe a few days later. Had two interviews, got the job. Right after I got the job, but the background check was still going through, I was off on a Tuesday, got a call like from my supervisor saying, today was your last day. Oh, wow. The entire department is being laid off. And all I can do was sit and just thank God. Like, you don't understand, that was the fine line between me and suicide. Because had I got laid off and not know what my next job was going to be with a newborn, like she was literally only three months years old, three months old. I don't know what I would have done. But then, okay, so the guy is the one who passed my resume to. I ended up going to Sirius XM, but we didn't work in the same building. So I kept saying, oh, I got to meet up with him. You know, I emailed him, let him know I got the job and thanked him. He was like, no biggie. And I'm like, you know, when I see him, I really got to, like, thank him because he don't know what part of my life I was in. He don't know I just had a kid. He don't know the anxiety I was facing, how to, I wasn't sleeping, how I really paid for therapy out of my pocket to really deal with the idea of like just being having to take care of someone. Like, you know what I'm saying? So when I saw him at an event, it was actually a NAMIC event, and I finally got to see him face-to-face. I'm like, do you know who I am? And he was like, and I told him like, hey, I'm Kadi, the one you like passed my resume to. We met at the NAMIC event. And I started to really be like, you know, I just want to thank you so much. He was like, oh, it's whatever. You know, we got to look each other out. That was it. Like, it, it had nothing. He didn't have to know my story. He didn't have to, like, know what I was going through. But the fact that he was like, you know what, I'm going to pass this girl resume off and support her and put her on just off the strength that we're black and we know the struggle literally I wanted to cry in that moment because it's like you never know what you supporting someone is doing like not even just financially but spiritually like sometimes it's that one customer like do you remember what it felt like to have that one person hit you up that wasn't a friend and say I want my makeup done and I want to pay you what did that feel like that felt great it feels good how about you? Have you ever gotten, like, a support from just an outsider? Like, and they might not have looked at it as a big deal, but a major moment? Um, I think it's more so conversation-wise. Like, mm-hmm. this year, like I said, I was this year I was trying to just um, get back into things that I truly loved or liked or trying to find my way around through everything. And conversations, whether it be with you, Raven, C-Time, or actually my friend who just moved into Philly um, from Atlanta, I sat down one day. It was like a bad day for me, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I was off that day. I was just, it was just one of those, one of those days. Um, and he actually um, hit me up and asked me did I want to go out for drinks and um, just for lunch or whatever like that. So we, I didn't want to go, but I was just like, all right, let me just go because I'm bored in the house anyway. So I wound up going, and he was just telling me, asked me how's my job going, and it was just like, Ugh, I don't want to talk about this. My job is horrible. I'm having a bad day, whatever like that. So he, this is the conversation we had. I had with him. Mm-hmm. basically saying um what do you want to do with your life like what are your goals what are your and we actually sat down and i wrote down everything the conversation was great like basically the conversation was really great and i just left took that conversation and it was just like okay this is a really motivating me to do what i want to do mm-hmm. to to go ahead and take the steps to 
to see what I want to do. So that this conversations, I feel like is people don't realize that that can do a lot for someone. Right, it's like a sign from God. You never know when you're supposed to be someone's sign from God. Yeah. Because even in that midst of me, like thinking I was gonna get laid off, that was the time where I was thinking, like, bro, you gotta find you a desk job that's just guaranteed. Like in the into everyone knows in the entertainment industry, it's not guaranteed. They're layoffs is like the second language. So it's like. I'm like over here, like girl, you gotta give up your dream. You got to get you a set job. I'm about to just find a job at a university. I mean, we always gonna need colleges and just be set with that. And he was my sign from God. Yeah. Like what I never thought. First of all, I worked in television, so it was like I started being like, oh, I, I, I had this vision where it's like I want to work in radio, but I'm like I can't afford a pay cut. Like I can't afford, you know, once you start a new industry, you got to come in entry level. You have no experience in it. So I'm like, even if I get a job in radio, I'm gonna get it doing something that's going to make me less than I'm making now, and I can't afford that because my expenses just went up with a whole kid, and expenses go up every year. I could never afford a pay cut. And literally, he was my sign from God. Like, while I was sitting there, I mean, I was looking uh, into radio opportunities where I would just intern for somebody, like hitting up DJs, like, you know, can I just come and sit with you, fetch your coffee for free on weekends or whatever? I never thought it would get me to a point where I can get paid in the industry and maybe get away inside without having to take any sacrifices in regards to finances and just time. And he was my sign from God, and he didn't even know. So it's like imagine people really hating or people really knowing that they could support you and just not wanting to out of from a hating spirit or from just or not wanting to support. It could be a fearful thing as well. Or fear. You really, like, you don't even know what you do to, not even someone's individual experience, but look at Cardi B. It really took a certain, certain people to just believe in her for her to change culture. Like, Cardi B, like, people don't understand. I was talking about this with the whole... Um, Nikki and Cardi B beef. I hate that they compare the two, but what they don't understand that is Cardi pushed culture in a way that helped everyone in the industry. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was a point in time where hip-hop wasn't in the main conversation. For people who are really into music, into hip-hop, that was an L for us. And Cardi B was able to use her personality and all her talents to really push the culture forward, whether you're a fan of hers or not. But it took someone to at least support her, believe in her, and not be a hater, not be fearful, just to get her there. So you never know how much you're affecting our culture as black people. For us to move out of that mentality of feeling like, oh, only one of us can pursue something, or being last in a race in regards to like culture and business, it starts within our mentality, and it starts with your inner circle. Stop hating. Support a black business. Support <laughs> your friends. Stop trying to get stuff for free 99. And even if, granted, you might not have the money, but bring people clients. Like, you know what I'm saying? Or promote, promote them. Like, one thing I would say when I was at um, FDU, I was, uh, at one point, I was, like, the president of the Association of Black Collegiates. And we got a fund. We got, like, I want to say $10,000, a budget to use to do events and stuff like that. And for those of you, Fairleigh Dixon University in Madison is a predominantly white institution. Like, you know, they did, I came from a performing arts school in East Orange, Cicely Tyson School of Performing and Fine Arts. So performance and, like, fashion shows, talent shows, I toast off, like, everything, everything was about the arts. So when I got there, and I'm like, you know, they don't really have that. Granted, it's not an HBCU. And I found out we had this fund. Ask anybody. I literally used to pay people that I grew up with. I was not Googling nothing, fashion shows. I was not Googling uh, designers. These was all designers I knew or people knew them. And I was paying them checks 
to do what they were good at doing. And granted, a lot of them weren't even used to getting paid for it based off people just like, you know, not like, you know, everyone knew, like I have friends that I knew was, oh, you a good designer. I know you do it for free. You design your own clothes, but do you want to design for a fashion show? My friend Quincy, he was always good for hosting and just having a good personality. I'm like, yo, we used to cut checks for to get like you know celebrity hosts one day i'm like you know what i'm gonna pay quincy to come host my fashion show as a drag queen because he was you know he was good at that that was one of his talents so i feel like i say this to say like just the support within the black community like i get it everyone doesn't have a vision but you have you have a vision enough to support someone that doesn't look like you then you you have the potential to support someone that looks like you especially someone you know Okay, stop using your cousin to do stuff for free. But then once she charged you, you're going to go pay double the amount for somebody who don't know you from a can of paint. And most of the time, someone who doesn't even look like you. Like, I'm not saying just support black people because they're black, but support black people because they black. <laughs> that's that's basically what I'm saying, because if you can support and get poor customer service or pay, throw bands on Gucci that's going to sit there and do uh, um. Because it's crazy, it's constantly like, we'll go to a certain place that's not a black-owned business, terrible service. And Get then, disrespected. And then we'll go right back. Ling Ling be talking about you right in your face, okay? <laughs> but you won't go to your homegirl up the street that really and support her, but you'll sit there and go every two weeks, every month to Ling Ling, and her and her cousins is cracking up at your toes, cracking up at your nails, making fun of you, just like... We, we just settle for less. Like, we settle for less in so many ways, and I feel like it's, that's what's really detrimental to us as a culture. Any jewels you want to drop before we end this episode off? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> follow your dreams. Yes. Continue to follow your dreams for everyone who, like, you know, what we discussed today with just, like, having those, not having that support system. Be your own support system. Mm-hmm. And be confident. Also, I I just want to add this, a conversation I had to have with my friend. You know, one of my friends, she her biggest struggle was with, was getting her peers and her family to see her for her business now. It's like, you know, you could always be that friend or that cousin that do makeup or the one that do hair. But you are not that person until, I, I mean, but once you start trying to make a business, it's like, oh, you bougie now. Like, once you, imagine you hit up your cousin and be like, um, if you hit up someone that you're used to doing your hair for free, but then once you start to transfer into a business and you sit down with them and say, okay, I'm going to need a deposit, you know, start getting professional in them, all of a sudden you too, you think you too good or you all that in a bag of chips. So it's like that transition, when you're making that transition to actually go from just being that person, that friend or that family member that's talented in something to becoming a business you have to stand firm. You have to stand confident. And you have to say who you are. You got to say, I'm starting a business. If you don't say it and you're just sitting there expecting your peers to just assume like, okay, no, she's a professional now. You got to kind of stand firm in them because like we said, it's a mentality amongst the black people. They're not, we're not used to supporting one another. We're not used to looking at each other as professional people and what we do. We just always want to forever be that cousin Titi that get your services for free. And that's just never going to be the case if you want them to progress. Do better. Do better. Want better and do better. Mm. Thank you guys for tuning in. Happy We're Black done. History Month. Happy Black History Month. <laughs> Make it a Black History Year. <laughs> <laughs>